We are rolling, making sure you you see things happening on your screen. Yes, I do, and it's purple this time. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm like, and it's red this purple. time. I don't not know purple. about purple, but okay. No, <laughs> I'm good at colors. <laughs> Magenta, sure, sure. Yeah. It's more of like this tone of red is more, it, it's honestly on like bordering on maroon. Yeah, it's like a brick red. Garage band red. Yes. I was going to say, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a recording in our very professional studios through garage band. <laughs> yeah, it's very meta to talk to podcast about podcasting. Yes, it's true. That's Actually, that's to a good speak. topic point. We should talk about sometime of like, how we got... What, telling everybody our secrets, Brittany? I mean, never. Speaking of red, I don't know if that's a segue. Is this going to be like a Republican-Democratic thing? No? Nope, definitely a period reference. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> take it away. Take it away, okay. Um, well, we haven't said yet, but welcome to What the Hell. Basically, we're, ta- we're going to talk about everything red. We're going to talk about periods. We're going to talk about birth control. We're going to talk about fertility. So, if you are ready for this, stay tuned. I love that so much. We're going to talk about everything red. <laughs> that makes me really happy. Yeah. All the things that make you see red, bleed red, and do... Be red. Yeah, be red. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, something just really struck me with what you just said, Brittany. You said, I've, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, yes. Um, and I've just always wanted to be a part of something. <laughs> so, I just... <laughs> I'm happy that now is my chance. We're really a part of this, yeah. you know. We're we're all off the bench. Mm-hmm. We're all playing. Yeah. We're front and center, like full court press yes, on this situation. We'll look back on this day and be like, we're, we were a part, part of, of this thing, you know. Yeah. Don't don't you let somebody tell you you're small. No. No. Nine eleven. Part of a global pandemic. Global pandemic. What you got on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've lived through. We lived through quite a bit. Uh, and I hope we continue living. Wow, that got dark. Um, <laughs> speaking of preventing life, birth control. <laughs> birth control. Full disclosure, it is the end of our work week, so Brittany and I are both a little slap happy. We are, so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I know, this will be interesting to listen to um, back later. Listen to it and be like, what the hell? were we thinking about when we recorded this but that's okay that's okay this is yeah this is let's just real life like stream of, yeah let's stream of consciousness let it all out it is it is so follow yeah. along or get off the podcast like it's fine like <laughs> <laughs> follow along or excuse yourself um i mean okay here's the thing on this podcast we've we've said this like a thousand times at this point but we're trying to we're trying to be relevant, but also like talk about some deeper things. And there's some deeper things coming up. And this kind of, I feel like, is leading into that because if you're a man listening to this, you should still listen because you'll get some good insight. Um, if you're a woman, yeah. you'll identify hopefully with this in talking about birth control, talking about fertility, periods, just things that have been influencing our bodies and like what the hell is up with that and how the hell do we make decisions about that we are specifically speaking to birth control on this and with that comes periods and hormones and babies and all these things but you hit a certain age and birth control kind of it almost becomes expected yeah that's a good at least point. that was my yeah 
it was my experience that like, even if I hadn't gotten married at the young age that I did, I probably would have started birth control around that time anyway. So, okay. That's a good, good segue or like to lead us into it. So we were both 20 years old when we got married and I'm still married. Tiffany's divorced and dating and life has changed over the years. And so in that comes decisions when we were back when we were 20 that were probably probably look very similar and maybe things have changed now. Um, But if we go back to when we were both young, say teenage to going into married life, when did you start using birth control? Like what was what was that experience for you? I started birth control one month before I got married. Okay. Like almost exactly. I remember that it was one of my showers. It was at my friend Lynette's house and her mom. It was beautiful. She put together this whole like sommelier was there with like a wine tasting and like cheese pairing with the wine and everything. And I had like just started the birth control situation. And so I had an alarm on my little cell phone and it went off in the middle of the party, like the everybody sitting around like celebrating our upcoming nuptials and my cell phone went off with the alarm for me to take my birth control. And I remember being like, don't mind me. I've got to sneak into the other room and I've got to take my hormone pills. It was very like that. And like, nobody knew, but I remember like kind of letting my, you know, soon to be husband in on it that like, you're going to need to pardon me. I cannot let this alarm go. It's important. You got to take it at the same time every day. And I did. Um, And they said, you know, you have to start taking it so far in advance of when you become sexually active because, you know, uh, it might not take otherwise and Mm -hmm. you might get pregnant and all this stuff. And I was not like overtly sexually active. Was I sexual? Yes. Was I active? (laughs) Not at all. But... stuff was happening. Was I going to get pregnant from it? No, No. I I waited until then. And man, what a disaster it is to take birth control right before you get married. Uh, preach. Yes. Yeah. How old were you? When did you start? Did you start like way before or Mm -hmm. like? Same, same. Same. It was like a month or two before we got married. Mm -hmm. I knew many like girls growing up who had started birth control like in high school just because of Same. acne or whatever, or they or were like, like heavy, sexually yeah, active, heavy periods, or whatever, heavy periods yeah. like so many different reasons. But I remember going and getting a prescription and starting it. And like, I didn't really have any issues leading up to it, but I was worried about it. I, I can't even remember looking back what I experienced, maybe some spotting. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was maybe like a month before and kind of being yeah. like, Oh, here's a holding out hope that, no babies happen over the honey- honeymoon because at that time we weren't, Curtis and I were not being sexually active and I should say in terms of getting pregnant, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were not having <laughs> sex. Um, we had not had sex and the Christians call it heavy petting. Yes. Heavy petting. Uh, we had not had sex and that sort of led into taking birth control for quite a number of years following that I would say you're not on birth control now right no and I haven't I haven't been on birth control for oh god if I think about it um I could tell you exactly to the minute I'm just kidding you could I would say (laughs) so I was taking it when we first moved back to Kansas City and then I stopped so that would have been like four years ago yeah um, but even four years ago it was very off and on for me um I've had experiences where Again, 
let's just, I, we should have said this earlier, but like, this is going to be one of those TMI episodes where if you're not comfortable talking about periods, birth control, sex, all those things, just move on over. It's not going to be yeah. the podcast for you, but. Yeah. And if you've made it this far, you're <laughs> in it. Like, where are you going? Just enjoy. So it's fine. I, I've had, so like once we got married and just like in general, I struggled with period issues and just like trying to figure out my hormones and stuff like that. And so I went off and on after having kids between like being on birth control and not on birth control. And the last time I was on birth control was probably four years ago where I was trying to not even not have kids. It was like trying to like regulate my period having a really heavy period and just trying to figure out the symptoms of that. So yeah, it was actually very successful for a little while. And then I went off of it and had a bad experience. So I've had very often on bad experiences with with birth control. It's so hit or miss. When I was young, I think the first birth control, it was the first or the second that I went on was Yaz. Do you remember Yaz? Yes, I do. Yaz, queen. They could have had such a campaign now. (laughs) (laughs) They could have such a campaign. They They should come back. (laughs) I know. Well, they had a really bad, like something happened with their PR at one point where something went really wrong. I don't yes. know if you remember that too, but something went really wrong. Anyway, in the early days of Yaz, it was like the hot, cool birth control, which like was after orthotricycline, which was like your big sister's birth control. Mm-hmm. And then Yaz became the hot thing. And the cool thing with Yaz was they were always pushing and they were right that it would clear up acne. Mm. And my God did it. I had the like the best skin of my life while I was on Yaz. The best skin of my life. Zero libido, but amazing skin. (laughs) Ah, Side Um, effects. It's fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) bizarre. I just remember like really feeling myself in the mirror and like not feeling anything in bed. (laughs) That's how it was. It was quite the juxtaposition. Was that what you started when you first got married? It was either my, like, it may have been the second thing. I feel almost like I was on something and then switched to Yaz because it came out, like, right then or something. But, like, it yeah. was one of the earliest things that I was on for the longest. Yeah. Okay. It was early. And it, it it was amazing. And it did the trick. I mean, I didn't get pregnant and have any kids. But I also, like, never wanted to have sex. And, like, the death knell for a young marriage is, and, you know, there's all the religious stuff that goes into it, too, about, like, oh, I wasn't allowed to have sex yesterday and now I am today and I'm supposed to want it just like mm-hmm. I wanted it yesterday is you know that's its own conversation but Preach. like at the same time <laughs> yes when your birth control doesn't allow your body to create testosterone which is what controls like your sexual appetite I it was hopeless it was a yeah. terrible terrible time and I was so young and I was and I was so in love and couldn't you know I was I couldn't do anything about it. And so it's that thing where you, your brain and your body like doesn't match up at all. It was really terrible. Yeah. Um, And I remember talking to my doctor later and getting on switching to something. I think I switched to low estrogen and low estrogen allows your body, I guess, to create testosterone and learning for the first time at like 23 years old, 24 years old that, oh, a woman's body still has to create testosterone in order to have a libido. I didn't even know that. I am I was so ill-informed. Yes. I feel like I was like 30 years old when I realized that. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. You don't ask the questions you don't know you need to ask. So what it was yeah. is I finally had a different gynecologist who told me like, 
oh, yeah, your body has to do this in order to do this. And I was like, oh, that would have been cool to learn from anyone at yeah. any time in my life. And that affects like it's like it's not just a biological thing. It's a physical thing. It's a social thing. It affects yeah. so many different areas of your life. Yeah. So I've basically been on it since I was 20 years old. I mean, I've been on birth control nonstop since I was yeah, 20. So 13 years. Have you ever gone off for like a long period of time? The longest period of time I've gone off is probably like two or three months at a time. And I've probably oh, wow. done that. Yeah. Only like three-ish times. Two or three months. Yeah. yeah. No, I've definitely been off. I mean, obviously because we've had kids, but so I got married, got married at 20, had kids at 25, 27. Um, but then because of like just how birth control affected me. And I will say I didn't try, I wasn't willing to try at the time, like gobs of different things. I tried a couple different birth controls and none of them really did much for me. They either made it worse or better. I just couldn't figure out the one that worked for me. And I was on ortho tricycline forever. Mm -hmm. And then I went on, let's start with an L and I should have looked this up and I can't. Loestrin? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's that was one of the early of ones that I was Of course you know. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mentioned it earlier. Low estrogen is what I switched to that allowed my body to create a little bit of testosterone. Yes. So I switched to low estrogen, and that was the first time, I will say, in my entire adult life that... So I have very, very heavy periods, like to the point of I'm willing at this point in my life to get like a hysterectomy kind of periods. And loestrin was the first time that I experienced, like, when people would talk about, oh, I have a period for, like, two or three days. I'm like, what? And I actually had that. It wasn't crazy. Um, I usually normally have periods for, like, a week to eight, nine days. And yeah. three or four of those days are, like, I should really lay in bed in pain for three or four days. Ugh. Uh, so it was life changing for me, life changing. And it was a very bad Brittany mistake that I made that when we decided to move back to Kansas City for a few years, it was literally just a transitional period and my birth control ran out. And it was a period where like things were not set up how they are now. We could just go get it. I needed a new doctor and all these things. And I just was like, oh, yeah, isn't that crazy? That was so recent that we used to have to go for like an appointment to get a prescription. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. And so I just let it go. And at the time, Curtis was actually working in California. And so we weren't even seeing each other for a few months, like off and on anyway. So I was like, it's fine. And then it, so much time had passed that I was just like, eh, whatever. So I was off of it for a while. And then the time when I finally went back on it, I had been off of it for so long that it had like a really horrible negative effect on me. And then since then... And you went back onto the same thing? I did. I tried the same thing. And in like two weeks, I shit you not, in two weeks, I gained like 10 pounds. I'm not joking. Yeah. I don't know if it was just me specifically. I was an anomaly or something. But, like, I felt like a crazy person. Something just weird was not happening, and I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So since then, I went off of it. We also decided that we didn't want any more kids, and so we just hit a point where I was like, well, if we're not going to have ki any more kids, I'm not going to be on birth control. And Curtis had a vasectomy, and it was just kind of like, we're done. I don't need to keep doing this. So we moved on with that part of yeah. Or like, that was a very long tangent. I'm sorry. No, not at all. <laughs> Cut out your I'm sorry. We're not sorry around here. <laughs> um, I remember yeah. that, though. I remember when you went on it, 
to help with like the regulation of your period. And you were like, it is like night and day. It helped you so much. And then when you did it again, it it wasn't having yeah. the same um, effect. No. And you, yeah, we're like dealing with other side effects. That's the thing about birth control that like, it does this miraculous, amazing thing. And at the same time, like screws us up so drastically. Yeah. It, like birth control work. <laughs> it's funny when you think about it, it's like what it's supposed to do and all the physiology of what it does. It also just makes you like not want to have sex. So like, that's the, that's the element of the birth control, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like, well, I don't want anybody to touch me anyway. Yeah. No, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. Well, later down the road, so I went from being married where I thought, you know, I didn't want to have kids, especially like I didn't want to have kids in my 20s. And so I was always on birth control, which was fine and not a problem. But then when I got divorced um, down the line after like a year or two, I decided to get the um, arm implant Next, mm-hmm. next planon is how it's pronounced. I don't know why they had to put that L in there. It's really hard to say. It should just be next planon <laughs> or next lanon, but it's not. It's next planon. And I thought it was going to be like the answer to my prayers. So the next planon implant goes into your arm and it's this little mark of the beast. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> But like people would totally think that it is this little thing started back then. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's this little thing that goes into like your bicep, basically, but like the underside of your arm, like the part that like hangs by your like side or your boob. Um, And it can last for three years. And my first, I would say like nine or 10 months on it was great. You don't have to remember to take a pill every day. It just like constantly basically emits like the hormones in your body that makes you whatever, like, you know, not get pregnant, however it works. So (laughs) I actually went through, you know, they tell you when you switch any birth control that you can experience irregular periods. Well, I did for a while experience irregular periods in a great way where I didn't have a period for like three months. (laughs) Freaking sick. Oh, Amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. And then about nine months later, I guess it was, I had a 45-day period. Oh, girl. But wait, like we're not even done yet. That was horrible. Oh, I know. 45-day period where I don't have a typically like heavy, heavy flow. It's pretty like normal. And like my normal period would be five days. And that's that. 45 days. I had like one day in the middle where I just like had a spotting and I was like, oh my God, it's finally ending. It was not ending. It was like, that was a pandemic, Brittany. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Another year and a half goes by. Everything went back to normal-ish where I had, you know, the normal breaks with my period, whatever. And like, you know, I might miss a whole month here and there, which was really nice. But then it was just like my normal five-day period. And then last July, August... I had a 60 day period. Six zero. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, like the no. stuff of Stephen King novels. That is, that's the most accurate way to describe mm-hmm. that. <laughs> it was awful. It was so awful. And I was going on vacation and I was like, oh my God, am I, am I going to be on my period? I literally, I start. I stopped my period like eight days before I left town. Thank God. So I didn't have my period while I was in Cabo. Remember vacation? <laughs> so nice. <laughs> And I said, as soon as I get home, I'm going to get this thing out of my arm. So at that point, I had had it for like two years and two months. I went and had it taken out. And I am so glad I did. I'm just back on like the Loestrin pill or whatever it is, Blasovi or 
Yeah, Blasovi. What is with all of these like P mm-hmm. and Bs with the L? The next Planon, the <laughs> Blasovi. Know. It's just hard to say, and it all sounds very Russian. Yeah. I switched. It was awful. I'm so glad that it's out. And then I felt really bad because I have a friend who I had said like some good things about the next Planon implant. She was like, I went and got the next Planon implant. I was like, oh, I was like, you have not heard my ending story with that about how I had it removed. But all of that to say that was such a long story. And this is not I'm not here to bash next Planon completely because I am. What What I'm trying to say is <laughs> What are hormones doing to us long term? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's it's a big point. It, no, it is. And like, w- it, this is something that women continually do to ourselves because men do not have the same cultural and societal responsibility to prevent pregnancy that women do. No, not at all. Because like, I feel like that also brings into point, like I'm sitting here as a woman, wife, mother of two kids. But when I got married at 20, I didn't want kids at the time. And I had to make decisions based on both him and I. But it felt, but to be honest, and Curtis, I love you. But to be honest, it felt like it was more on me. Like, it's it's easy to just take a pill. And like, still to this day, I'm terrible about, about taking vitamins. I was terrible about taking the pill in, the, in my early 20s. I don't know how we didn't get pregnant until I was 24. But that was like, it felt like the pressure was on me to control my hormones and my body of like, it's way of wanting to handle whatever was happening, as opposed to the guy having to do anything, which yes, would be a condom or I don't know, whatever, fill in the blank. Why is, why are there not guy hormones to take to like keep I don't know. We've been talking about developing that for years, but like, what is the problem? Here's the thing is like, you know, there's that whole thing where guys are like, it doesn't like, it doesn't feel the same with a condom. You know, what doesn't feel the same is my body on birth control does not feel the same. Or your body being pregnant. Like, try that. Yeah. So like, those are the things we have to go through. So like, oh, I don't know. And, and also, I'm also being this candid with you at the same time. I don't feel like we openly, I think women... My experience is I'll walk around and say this to you all day. I'll walk around and say this on a podcast all day. Will I sit down with like my boyfriend, my partner and say these things to him in the same way? No. Yeah. Like, what's my problem? You know what I mean? And like, why aren't men, boys raised to, you know, have the same responsibility across the board for pregnancy? They're just not. And no. it's because they don't. It's just because it's they don't a privilege. Carry a kid. Well, yes. And it's privilege. Like they don't. They don't carry a kid and it's like it, they don't have to deal with it. The ramifications are that they may be a father. Yeah. But they don't physically mm-hmm. deal with ramifications. And I think that's just like that we carry that part. Right. So like the thing about it is that what that means is when you break it down, sex for men is intended to be pleasurable and like only pleasurable for women. It's like almost like a service when you think of it that way, where it's like, we're trying not to get pregnant. Therefore, it's just like a service. Yeah, it can be taken that way, especially with how we were raised, for sure. Oh, yeah. Available at all times. 
<laughs> did uh was birth control something that like you were aware of growing up or I was aware of it but like I it wasn't something I was ever going to get like introduced to it wasn't like I was going to turn you know 13 14 and my mom was going to be like we should talk about this like that was never going to happen and it didn't happen um everything I yeah. knew was from friends and you know I came across like a like somebody's douche one time like spermicide yeah I had to do some googling I had to ask Jeeves I don't know I don't know much about that, to be honest, even to this day. It's just like a, it's just like a, it's like a foam. It's like you put moose up your cooch. <laughs> moose up your cooch. <laughs> My Florida is coming out. <laughs> I've never used it. I'm just like assuming. Yeah. But no, did you get talked to about things like this? Not at all. Like my only association with birth control, like previous to getting married would have been uh, like vaguely hearing about it in high school with some girls that had like acne issues. Yeah. But, that was always but the not thing. even about like birth control, yeah. like like sex. I mean, I knew people, this is like whatever, a whole thing on its own. I remember in, this is terrible, Bernie's going to freak you the hell out because you got a little. Don't say fifth grade. Don't say fifth, fifth grade. grade. She's Don't going into fourth, fifth but fifth grade. In fifth grade, I remember. Don't say fifth grade. <laughs> I'm saying it. Five. Five TH. I remember kids getting caught in the bathroom having sex in fifth grade. No. Which is almost innocent and cute no. when you think about it. No. <laughs> It's not. Wow, what a terrible joke. But no, I remember that. And like, and also like them, it wasn't innocent and cute. They knew like what sex was. Yeah, I got to have some conversations with Nadia. (laughs) I am so sorry. I'm sorry to even bring that up to you. I also was in Key West at the time, which is a very liberal city. (laughs) So. Oh my goodness. There's that. Did you like, okay, so when you were looking at birth controls, I guess like in marriage and even now. Did the form of birth control, like in terms of like a pill or hormones or what role did that play with you in terms of making that choice? Well, for me, so when I switched to the arm implant, okay, so before that, like the pill was like the best thing that there was. There was also things like the Nuva ring, which is like this thing that you also stick up your cooch <laughs> and it would just like hang out there. And then there was like the depot shot where you would get a shot every three months and it did its thing. I never did any of those. Birth control also used to be a lot more expensive than it is right now. I pay $1.70 for my birth control now for three months of it. I used to pay like a dollar seventy cents. Yeah, for three months. Damn. And I used to pay like twenty eight, twenty nine, whatever, thirty bucks yeah. per month plus the doctor visit to get the it's prescription like every year. Yeah. Totally. So it's it just like context. So it's come a long way. Um, but when I switched to the arm implant, one of the biggest reasons for it was I was at a place in my life where like the remembering every day, even with an alarm, was just too much. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So that was like the biggest catalyst for me to switch to that. And now I'm at a place where I really like if I could go off of it completely, especially as like I'm getting older and like my body is changing again and it's like second puberty whatever it's like this it's second puberty pre pre menopause how I feel like your early 30s are (laughs) and I am at this place where I would love to just be off of it entirely but it's not really societally an option because of your relationship yeah like I and understandably so he is so not alone in this but like he that would not fly for him to be off of it and also I do like it as like the safety net I do like that. Yeah. And I, you know, I like that I feel 
like protected and all these things. So there that's on me as well. That's not just him, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you don't ever I don't ever have like I don't worry. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But now I mean, listen, Brittany, vasectomies don't always stick, so you don't have any worry. <laughs> I don't at the moment. I've had moments where I'm like, I don't know, with the vasectomy we decided we didn't want any more kids and I don't know. Science says, which <laughs> in the pandemic, let's see what side you fall on, but whatever. Science says that like when most people get a vasectomy, and I'm sorry, Curtis, this is TMI, but I think he would be okay with it. Most people that have had failures mean that a guy didn't go back and you basically get your sperm tested one time 30 days after and then a second time like 30 to 60 days after. Yeah. And Curtis did do that and everything shows that like... You're all good to go. It's like a point zero zero. Like there's always a chance. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. (laughs) But I am unwilling at this point to here. I'll put it this way. If I get pregnant, (laughs) I feel like that is the universe saying I was supposed to get pregnant because like it's such a little chance. And I just think that I'm unwilling at this point to take hormones to keep that from happening yeah honestly i'm willing to get a hysterectomy because i don't want to have a period anymore to deal with this stuff do you feel well first off if you got pregnant now like when he has a vasectomy and everything it would be like jesus's second coming um but (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like other aspects of your biology and physiology having been off of birth control for as long as you have. Like, I feel like your system's pretty flushed. Yeah. Do you feel like more, I don't even know the way to put this, but like normal than you were on it? Yeah. I feel like I'm very, this may seem strange or maybe it'll make a lot of sense to people is like, is I feel very in tune to my hormones. I'm very aware of being hormonal and being like, I don't know how to explain it other than that. Just being very aware of my body and knowing like, even before a period, knowing like PMS is coming or moodiness and just understanding it and like acknowledging it and understanding it. I hate it. I would get rid of it if I could. But at the same time, I'm unwilling to take a hormone that might change that. I guess maybe for the good, I if if you could guarantee that it's great, I'd be willing to consider. Yeah. But if there's a chance it's not at this point in my life, I'm unwilling to try it. Yeah. Because I understand my body. Well, Eckhart Tolle, have you read anything by Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle? Mm-mm. He so he wrote like A New Earth and that other really popular book that I can't think of the name of right now. He <laughs> is one of like the great thinkers of our lifetime. And he believes that a woman during her period is like her truest self, like her highest. Interesting. Yeah. And it's also interesting coming from like a man, but he believes it's like her highest order self when it's like your body is doing everything that it was whether you decide to have children or not, it still is doing all of the functions that it was created to do. 
you know, like yeah. going through yeah. those cycles and everything and that you're not like he believes you're not supposed to run away or fear that hormonal shift that happens every month. And he speaks to men about this, too, is like, don't be afraid of your woman when she's going through this period. He's like, you should should embrace it because that's like her truest, like mother nature situation is who she yeah. is in that moment. So even though we're being like a raging Biatch, I like to yeah. think of Eckhart and be like, this is who I am, motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I feel that there's a part of me that like, as much as I can be a cynic and kind of like, I don't, I feel like cynic is the most PC version of myself is like, that's how I feel is like, why should we not be able to embrace who we are and feeling in those moments? And like, I don't know, wanting to just like, even so I have myself as a woman, but even Curtis and like get rid of those societal pressures to be a certain way because of however you feel pressured to and just be yourself. And like, yeah, in my, I th- I feel like even during this quarantine, ironically, like Curtis is very aware of all of my mood swings and like very terrible pain that I need to, and hopefully soon we'll be talking to a specialist about, um, cause I've, really bad periods but just kind of going like hey as human beings i experienced this thing and right you can accept it reject it it's not bad to accept or reject it's just like let me be able to be me yeah and experience that and it's almost and it's thing okay. of like if you if we can almost like step behind the plexiglass at the zoo <laughs> And be like, we're all at our base level. We're all animals. And during Mm -hmm. this time of the month, every month for 25% of our time, if not more, some of us more, 33%, 40% of the month, we are dealing with the PMS leading up to the actual cycle, which is part of the cycle. And then the actual, I'm saying cycle, but like when you're actually, your body is losing blood, (laughs) But like during all of that, yeah. if we can step behind the plexiglass and almost be in awe of like our womanly rage and our hormones yes. and our fluctuations, I think that that's almost what Eckhart Tolle is getting at. And you can correct me, Eck, if I'm wrong. But like, I feel like that's what he's getting at is that like, this is a miraculous, amazing thing that our bodies do. It's not that we need to fear it. We need to embrace it. And then we won't be so upset about it Yeah, because we do have those ragey moments and stuff. And we get so like, you're a terrible person. And we feel bad about ourselves or we think about the other person, you're hormonal and all this stuff. And it's like, ah, she's just hormonal. Like, cool. (laughs) Like what an amazing thing that something just happens and fires. And this is what comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on like, obviously us as women have the responsibility of carrying a child, but do you feel like the birth control process should be put more on the woman than the man? Uh, Well, I think that it's, I think long-term inevitable, like we were talking about before, because we are the ones who actually carry the child and a Mm -hmm. man just simply cannot relate to even the awe or the fear or the anxiety, any of that. He can't imagine the potential of being pregnant, you know? So I think that like on some level, it's like a tipping scale thing where I feel like it's almost like a seesaw and I think it's too far to one side and I think it should become more even. But do I ever think it's going to be even? I absolutely do not. I don't even think it's possible for it to be even. Yeah. Do I wish that it would like like, tip more? Especially because like they can't carry a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just can't. 
understand. But that being said, I do think like it's that whole double standard of like raising kids and like, you know, your daughter has a curfew and your son is out till 2 a.m. And why is that? Because she can get pregnant and he can't like that is what it boils down, you know? Yeah, it's so sad. Ugh. Ugh. And, and I don't think things like that will ever completely end. But I do think there should be responsibility. Like if you're a man and you're with a, you know, woman, whatever, you know, in a situation where you can impregnate someone. And there's an entire other conversation about safe sex if you're not in a hetero situation. That's its own conversation. In this moment, we are talking about procreation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I do think that like just societally, I, I don't know what's happening these days in like sex ed classes, especially with boys. Like what are they teaching them? I think that I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're going to find out way sooner than I am as your kids get older, (laughs) how they teach things differently, if at all. But I mean, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like it's a very interesting conversation because I feel like as a whole, like, yes, biologically, the woman carries the child. It's hard because I feel like you either see it like, well, she carries the child. So therefore, it's her responsibility. And I don't think that's accurate. Or you have to incorporate the dad and that and that's a whole other topic as well which i think requires the men to be more responsible yeah no totally and then there's the whole thing though too where it's like you know it's it is the woman's body and like what you know we should have total autonomy over our bodies and things and yet it takes two to make a baby you know It does. I think that's a really difficult, like what I just said is so anti-feminist probably and will piss a lot of people off, but it's still true. I want to raise like a son. Like if I, I hope I have sons one day, I would love to have sons or a son. I don't need to. If I was going to like raise a boy one day, I would want him to be mindful of these things and not expect a woman to just like, you know, if he's heterosexual to go out and be in a relationship and expect her to figure it out on her own. Like it's her responsibility only is what I mean. Totally agree. Totally agree. While it is her choice, it's not only her responsibility. That's a better way to put it. No, like if Beckett got, I mean, this is so weird to even think about (laughs) because Beckett is seven, but like if he got a kid pregnant or, oh, I shouldn't say kid, hopefully not a kid. (laughs) If he got a woman, girl, pregnant, like that's your responsibility, dude. Like You know what, as important as we feel like we have to protect our bodies as women and take birth control and all these things, like, you should be protecting your semen so that you don't impregnate a woman. Yeah. Like, be responsible. Yeah, and just, like, having that, like, almost, like, an open dialogue. Like, no teenager's gonna do that. I know that. But also, just, I don't know, once you reach, like, some stage of maturity of being, like, okay, are we gonna be sexually active together regularly? Then, like, we should have a conversation about what we're doing about that and or whatever. I'm producing the thing that would make you pregnant. Like, why aren't they more responsible as a whole? Well, that's what I was gonna say. It's, like, I'd rather, and I'm making up stuff right now but i would rather make my son paranoid and be like uh no 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 no. we're we're using condoms 100 percent." yeah because i want to make sure we are safe than it being pressured onto the woman to be like no no no, i'm on birth control i totally took it and like i know there's other aspects of that that play into it when you get into a relationship and that's a different thing but like as like a teenager college age kid that like It's just like experimenting. I feel like I would hope that if you were a man, you were taking it just as seriously as us women have to, given that we will, I don't want to say suffer because I love my children, but like 
we have the con- it's the consequences that we face. Yeah. For a like carrying a life, like bringing a life it into is this so world. Wild. Like I still can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> I don't know how it didn't happen earlier for us because I was so inconsistent with yeah. taking birth control. Yeah. I I have a question for you though. I know we've been talking for this about this for a while, but there are other forms of birth control too. Everybody has seen that episode of Seinfeld, The Sponge. I know you haven't. She grew up in Africa, guys. But (laughs) the sponge episode is so great. But they like discontinued the sponge. So Elaine Elaine is like running around New York City, like gathering up like all the sponge birth control from every doctor in the city. It's great. It's so funny. I don't even know how it worked, but apparently it was very popular in the 90s. And I think it was something that she just like shoved up there and it caught stuff and killed it. I think it had spermicide on it or something. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, but there are other alternative forms of birth control that we should hit on because I have been in the past so ill-informed about Plan B. I was raised, like when Plan B came out, I was taught that Plan B is like birth, or I'm sorry, it's like abortion light. That's how I was taught. Okay, but the thing is, like, depending on our audience, they may also feel that way. They may also feel that that is what it is. But that's what I thought until I met you and you educated me on it, that it doesn't work the way I thought it did. I thought that after the egg and the sperm had, like, made out, that it would, like, then murder it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. Well, okay, so if we're going to talk about Plan B for a minute, for a little bit, I will say... I'm not even going to apologize. I was going to be like, sorry for whoever is listening, but I'm not going to say sorry because I don't feel sorry. Early on in our marriage, when we were in our early 20s and we didn't want kids, and I was on birth control, but I was very inconsistent with it, like in terms of like, oh, I'd forget three or four days and whatever. A few times, not like a bunch of times, but a few times I took plan B. If it was an abortion pill, I would not have taken it. Because at the time, in my early 20s, I was very religious and felt like I would never have done that. And even till this day, if I'm being totally honest, like, I'm not even sure where I stand on that topic. Like, we can talk about that at some point. I think every person has the right to make that decision. I 100% stand by that. Personally, if I knew I was, like, killing a child, would I take it? I don't know. Probably not. I basically was informed about a pill that was not an abortion pill, but you take it and it basically affects like the lining of your uterus or it inhibits the... Here's the thing. If you define the point of conception being that when the point that an egg and a sperm make a little embryo, if you define that moment as a baby, then sure, this may be an abortion pill. But if you do not, what at the time I interpreted it as is like basically what medical doctors say is like they meet and then they have to implant before and any of that can grow. Then basically a plan B keeps the that moment from happening. You can I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to defend myself. Well, the way that it was described to me that like made it make sense for me was that it essentially and again, like, I don't even care if we're like super wrong, but like (laughs) what I was taught now, now that I don't have it like totally wrong that you're not murdering like an embryo is that um, it essentially is doing like what birth control does, which is preventing the egg from being fertilized before it's fertilized so that it can't implant and become a baby. So it's basically like super high dose birth control, right? That is true. 
What it doesn't do, according to scientists, is like if you're already if that's already happening, it's and they do attach to your uterus, it's not going to like kill the baby, apparently, according to science. It's not a an abortion pill, but it will keep it from likely happening. And I say all of this to say that like we weren't ready to have kids and like I forgot a pill and I did some research and realized like this is not as if I already have a an embryo growing and I'm trying to have an abortion. This is just me like trying to not have a baby. Right. Well, I think that's illuminating. And I really mean that because um, I think that, you know, the research into things like this are especially important if you as an individual have qualms or convictions one way or the other about things like the point of conception. I remember... Brittany, this just reminds me when you and I went on like a cruise several years ago together. Do you remember when we went to the Mayan ruins and Mm -hmm. we had the best uh, tour guide ever? He was so amazing. And Mm -hmm. he was talking about how in Mayan culture, um, you have like two birth dates and the most important one is your date of conception. I remember that. Yeah. Which I think is so interesting um, and a little saucy, but that I think is so interesting. So I think if, you know, the point of conception and the, and the thing about that too, is like in that culture, like, you know, that belief system probably would hold that, you know, an unborn baby at that point is like totally human. If you're like celebrating that, you know, birth date and it's not just like a fetus or whatever. So I think questions like this for things like plan B, birth control in general. I mean, the Catholic church for a long time, like historically is anti-birth control. Yeah. You know? So I think it's obviously an individual question. As Americans, we're very lucky that we have we get to even have these conversations and it's not just thrust upon us one way or the other. We have a lot of freedoms, but I think it's also important to be informed and I'm still so ill-informed, like even about the plan B thing. I've never used it. I will say when I was married, I had like, I had my period one time was like 11 days later or something. I was really scared because I I just didn't want to be pregnant that young, even though I was married, it was fine, but I didn't want to be. And I remember like being like, is this, do I need to look into this? Which it wouldn't have worked by then anyway, because you're supposed to use it like the day after. Well, that's the thing is like, it's just, (laughs) and that's the difference. Like, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like from the research I did, because I was very, very torn about this from taking it a couple of times. It's like, I don't want to take, at the time I was very religious and I was like, I don't want to take an abortion pill. It's like, it was meant to be, it was meant to be. Like, if I can keep it from happening, it essentially keeps like, it either keeps you from ovulating or it keeps a potential like mm-hmm. conception from yeah. attaching to your uterus. And for me, I was like, I can understand that. So yeah, I don't see that as abortion. I'm not like taking a life from where it was formed. But if you think as a God that like an egg and a sperm were meant to be together and I kept it from happening, then sure. And I'm okay with going to hell for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's just like life prevention, not like life ending. So anyway, no, I mean, that's the thing is, it was like preventing as opposed to I'm not killing. Yeah, and that is a debate, but also like, is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I, I've learned so much. I've learned so much from you. I've You've also never learned, taken it though. No, I've never taken it. 
Maybe I'm a terrible person. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I learned from you what it wasn't, which I think is just as important as what it is. Yeah. You know, and God, it's so um, easy to be blissfully ignorant to what is true. And it was just like, you're preventing life. Well, so is birth control is preventing life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This conversation, what it really does for me is makes me want to get the hell off of birth control. Why? I just, I really do hate it, just the trouble of it. And like, it's not fixing my skin like Yaz used to. So <laughs> there's a part of me and yes, I'm very privileged to be married and like, whether you think that's privilege or not, but like, I feel privileged to be in a relationship where at this point, I went so many years of being on birth control. I birthed two babies. I've been on birth control forever. It's not my job at this point, if I'm going to be in a sexual relationship with somebody, to continue to hold all responsibility. And so part of getting a, a vasectomy was a mutual decision to take that on. And like we could have decided to just use condoms or used different versions of birth control and that was something that was brought up by him and deciding that was our family decision but if I was in a dating relationship I feel like men should be stepping up and being like hey no we have to use a condom or whatever because it's important like it's not just on the women you know no it ain't shoddy no even though put it on me was a really good song who was that Ja Rule and Ashanti (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I crack myself up. Brittany, you crack me up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what does, okay, with all this birth control, like, what does that mean for somebody? So you've been married, and I've been, I am married. Like, what does that mean fertility-wise for you as somebody in their early 30s? Like, is that something you're thinking about, something you're not worried about? Like, what are you thinking about? Yeah, well, I mean, right before I got divorced, well, right before I found out my husband was having an affair, he sent me an article that was like, things to think about and be aware of, you know, in your late 20s, if you're thinking about having children. So I was 28. And he sent me this article (laughs) that was all about like going and getting your follicles checked and finding out like how many viable eggs you have and all this stuff, which I guess they can like tell you all of that. And it was really interesting. And I almost felt like we were also house shopping at the same time. And I almost felt like, honored. I remember being like, oh, like that's something you're thinking about. Like, cause we're 28. Like, I guess, you know, we've been married eight years at that point. We're getting close to our thirties and we weren't, we still knew we didn't want to have kids until our thirties. Um, he knew we didn't want to have them with me at all. So I don't know why he's sending me that article. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know what that was about. I don't like laughing at this. I don't like it. But it's hilarious. It's so funny, Brittany. It's dark. It's so dark. Oh, it's so dark. Imagine living it. So, um, I knew I didn't want to have kids until I was in my thirties, but I didn't know I a hundred percent wanted kids at all until like the day he told me he was leaving. And then I was like, Oh, because what it did was it took away my option to have them at that time. And also to know like my kid's future, like who their dad was going to be, who their, you know, grandparents were going to be aunts, uncles, cousins, all this stuff. So when that happened, I immediately knew I wanted kids. And I did within the first couple of years after the divorce, start looking into like freezing your eggs and stuff like that, because I don't know when it's going to be for me. And technology keeps improving so much, but like, I 
never wanted to be like an old mom. And of course, old is a, you know, perspective and mental state and behavior is relative, but your body also does change and you can't handle things the same way that you used to be able to. And, um, I still don't want to be an old mom, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want to wait until I'm 40 to have kids, but I also like, I still feel like a kid myself. And I think that's something that never really goes away. Like you even say that now you haven't, you know, nine year old and a seven year old. And you still feel that and I way. I feel the same. But like oh, I do. during this pandemic, I literally said to Josh yesterday, I said, thank God I don't have kids because I'm the worst right now. You know, I'm like, I can barely take care relative. of myself. It's like, all relative. But I feel that way where I'm like, I think about that all the time. It's like, I have to put that in perspective that everybody feels that way because everybody only knows like what their capacity is. And for me, you know, I know my normal and this is more than my normal, but like my normal may be too overwhelming for somebody at you know, whatever. It's just, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, it's stuff I think about. I definitely think about fertility and like, I don't, I don't know. Like I never did have my follicles checked. (laughs) Yeah. I never did those things. So I think it's, I do think it's important. It's something I want to know and like have knowledge about knowledge is power. But I also, I never saw myself not being a mom. And sometimes that is the thing I think to myself is what if I'm never a mom? I think I would be sad. Yeah. But like, you can't force that shit. I mean, if you want it, you can have it. But like, yeah, naturally or whatever. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of Lori Gottlieb, though. Do you know who she is? She wrote like... I know the name. Yeah. yeah. I think you listened to her book. Um, She wrote that book. You sh- Maybe you should talk to someone. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. she is such an incredible writer, but she, uh, you know, decided to have a child on her own, like in her early 40s. And like... That is a relationship hurdle. And I'm in a relationship, so whatever. But I'm just like, you never know what your future holds, you know? And I don't make any... I certainly used to think that, like, you can plan your future and you absolutely can't. So um, if I can speak on that from experience. She created some hurdles for herself that I don't want to experience. I know. And that's what's so hard is, like, I know I'm not in your shoes, so I don't understand. But it's like, I also think, like... But we're indifferent. I had kids really young, so, like, it's you know, like young comparatively to LA standards. But then I think like mid forties and I'll be hopefully depending on our children depend, decide to do child free and have already gone through that and been like, okay, here's like this next stage of life. Whereas a lot of people in LA are like, let's have kids at 40. And it's like, that's all cool too. You've had a different life than I did those first 20 years. Yeah. It just looks different, you know. And I think so. typically, too, people who get to choose to have kids that late in life and when when it's a choice and not like an accident and things like that, there's a lot of privilege yeah. that comes with that. And mama ain't rich over here. So, <laughs> you know, um, I think that yeah. creates its own situations. But we'll see. It's things I think about far too often. <laughs> 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 you know, things we get to enjoy and ponder on being female in our... Uh, I uh, we'll we'll say early thirties until yes. what three weeks from now when I'm in my mid thirties. That's fine. <laughs> You're not there yet, sister. I'm struggling with it less and less. It's just like a strange feeling to think I still feel like twenty twenty one until I do a little like pondering or watching on TikTok. Then I'm like, oh yeah, TikTok. no, I'm I'm forty five. It's fine. <laughs> I know we're still in the first third of our lives. That's pretty good. True. Yeah. I don't know if this was informative at all or just like you got to listen to us ramble about shit we get to deal with (laughs) in our 30s, 20s as women. But 
You're welcome. I'm gonna go. It was. I'm gonna go with it's a little bit of both. It is a little bit of both. Yeah, and I feel like there are probably young women too, like you know, still on their walk with the Lord. Wow, I sound horrible, but like young Christian married women who you know could be in similar shoes to what we're in, you know, down the line, who are having these thoughts and thinking these things without somebody to talk to. So if we can be that person for them, those people for them, that's cool. Yeah. If you are someone struggling with the decision to even, like, take birth control as a whole, you do you, girl. Like, I understand I'm not going to judge, but, like, please don't use religion and think that, like, taking birth control is somehow a terrible thing. Like, Yeah, like a reflection of your purity. Yeah, you need to respect your body and, like, decide what you need to do. And I basically, I, I want to empower you to feel like you have a decision to make with your body and you don't have to just be like, well, whatever happens, happens. I don't think God made us with minds that also help design technology and education and understanding. And I think if you believe in a God, which I'm not sure what I believe in, but if I did believe in a God, I would believe that he made us with minds to understand our evolving nature and that it's okay to protect your body and make decisions with your body. Plus, at the end of the day, we're all animals, so. Yep. What Tiffany said. <laughs> There's that. Good talk, Britt. Yep. Hopefully it was uh, informative for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what I'm going to go do? You're going to go eat some Mexican food, y'all. I'm going to eat so much Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> excited i'm so hungry i'm sorry i'm keeping you from it no but. not at all i i can't stop thinking about you and the mexican food <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll get to enjoy it together again i know it's in our future we're gonna bond over some queso i know queso oh, queso i love queso yes queso and corona that's right so all right well on that note um we will see you guys in two weeks i think we're going to be talking about the satanic panic possibly so that will be interesting come on back for that it's gonna be good stuff it will be good stuff yeah and we will see you in two weeks from now talk to you later okay bye bye